Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's guest. She grew up playing for the Stingers and Waterloo Tigers. She went on to play for St. Clair College, where she's an OCAA bronze medalist, two-time All-Star, and academic All-Canadian. She's currently the lead coach at On Point Volleyball and has coached club with Sky in South County and was recently named the new head coach of St. Clair College. Please welcome to the show, Julie Ann Milling. Jules, thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited. It's, it's good to see you again. You're just back in Windsor. Right? It, it feels like uh, I had a great time in Windsor, by the way. Uh, me and Heather Bansley got to coach with you at, at On Point, and you got a great thing going there. But before we get to the On Point stuff, uh, I may have stereotyped you as a Windsor person, but you didn't grow up in the Windsor area. So take me through uh, where did you grow up, and when did volleyball become like the main thing, or what other sports were you playing? Yeah, I think, like, actually, I was just out at on the beach where you just were there, and um, I think people even from Windsor are like, oh, what high school did you go to? And I'm like, I'm, I'm not from Windsor, but I grew up in Woodstock, um, Ontario, and more so like Ingersoll or Woodstock, and the, I would call the Oxford County area. Lots of cows. There's lots <laughs> of cows there. Farmland. Um, and yeah, like grew up there. I moved back and forth between Ingersoll and Woodstock and went to Woodstock Collegiate Institute. I know there's like a, we call it WCI. I know there's Waterloo Collegiate as well, so I don't want to get confused with Waterloo Collegiate Institute. But um, yeah, I grew up there. It was like a small school. Yeah, Woodstock. Woodstock was it for a little bit, and then I moved down to uh, Windsor for my volleyball and post-secondary education. Now, I, I'm struggling a little bit to recognize where Woodstock or Ingersoll is. Was Stratford the closest club? Is that why you started your career there? Or uh, I don't think there is a club in Woodstock. Maybe Woodstock Warriors existed at one point, but I don't think it was very long-lived, right? There was Woodstock Warriors, and it wasn't my age group. I think I was too old for the one team that they had. They didn't have, like, a full, like, 14 to 18 year where, like, thirds, like they didn't have a full crew, but they, like... I could have, there was so many volleyball organizations around them. Like I could have gone to Forest City. I could have gone to, and there's no LBC like fire at the time. There's, there's so many clubs now. Um, I could have gone to maybe, I just ended up at Stratford because I, when I started playing, I actually, my high, a high school teacher um, was like, Hey, you should come try out for the women's volleyball team. Um, she saw, I was like, I was, I was a decent athlete, like in a lot of sports, but I never really played volleyball. I played grade school and then played in grade nine, loved it. I was captain on the team in grade 10 and then just kept going with volleyball. And I was like really a track athlete at the time. That was my main sport. And then I was like, mom, I want to try out for a travel team. And I knew a girl who played for Stratford. Uh, I actually tried out for the team. And then my girl who I knew she got cut that year. Um, <laughs> so I felt terrible um, that she got me into it. But yeah, she still had another opportunity and she got to play volleyball and we both got to play. But um, yeah, that was where it started with a Stratford Stinger. So Nice. And uh, how old were you when you made the switch? So when you became a Tiger, was that like later on in your club career, like 17, you 18, you? Yeah, well, it was, it's that weird, like over age or time. So it's like, I was wanting to still play um like my last year before I went like away and I didn't want to just do no club volleyball so I could like I don't even know the rules now it's like I I couldn't play because I was an overager um but now you can if you're a victory lapper I think that's what it is I'm not even sure but I I knew that I could just train maybe do some tournaments but not 
it was just more training to get me like to try to go to post-secondary was the goal I just wanted to keep keep with the club that year I did a like victory lap or grade 13. Nice and when you mentioned post-secondary there uh what was your recruiting process like were you the one contacting schools did they contact you like I, I believe uh, I mentioned in your bio you were at St. Clair but I think your your first destination was Windsor University right? Yeah it was I definitely was so late to like go like reach out to coaches I was late to volleyball like I didn't start playing volleyball club till grade 11 so that's like that's for me looking at like how we do how the big clubs do volleyball now it's like oh my gosh these girls are like 13 12 years old doing volleyball I didn't start until I was like in grade 11 um and I wish I started sooner but I looked at the path and I'm like hey it worked out but um, I reached out to the coach there and then I also uh, reached out to the track program there and they're like, it was kind of really just like open and it was like, Hey, you can come down. We'll see you. I remember going down on my birthday. I was just turning 19 and I went on my birthday that day with my dad. He took me and I went just for like a practice and yeah, I remember that birthday cause it was really cool. I got to like meet the team. It was, I think in June? No, my birthday's in May. It was in May. Um, May, I went down and I got to meet some of the girls there. And then they did a whole, like, some of the girls I met with didn't make that team that year. And I made the university team. And yeah, it was a, it was an experience for sure. And was Lucas the coach at that time? Yes. Yeah. He was there. Um, and then yeah, definitely nobody else would be there now. But um, yeah, he was there when I, uh, was reaching out yeah so what were your first impressions because obviously you're very passionate about volleyball you're playing good school ball good club ball uh but was the university just a bit of a jump like playing against older athletes and playing like a, at a youth sports level yes yeah for me too like i hadn't played like volleyball long so for me it was a big jump but i was really thankful to like even have the opportunity to like make a university team considering um, I know some of the girls um, that left the program, um, they were playing longer than I were, was. So I knew, like, I guess we saw something. So that's a good thing. And then um, it was good to, like, see it that level and just, like, keep working to get to that level. But the, the I, even that summer, looking back, like, when I was trying to, like, get on the team, like, I wasn't really, like, I was playing beach a little bit. I wasn't doing much indoor. I'm, I'm like, I just wish I, I wish the, there's opportunities there are now because there seems like there's so much volleyball in the summer and indoor and just, it's crazy. Now, when you made the switch, uh, was that driven by volleyball? Was that driven by academics? Like, how did you go from uh, Windsor to St. Clair? Yeah. So mostly, honestly, as an athlete, I was doing two sports. So I was actually doing track as well. And I was doing volleyball. That for me, people can do it. That for me was a lot. And I definitely, like academics showed that it was a lot. I needed to like turn my focus to like finish my degree. And like, that was the goal. Um, but I talked with my mom. I talked with like a few other people who had maybe gone the university college pathway. And I... I believe Jimmy was going into his second year of the year I was joining. 
So Jimmy Alturk was there and I, I don't know if I reached out to him. I can't remember if I reached out to him, if he reached out to me, but I was looking at like colleges to go to for fitness and health promotion. So that's how the St. Clair ended up. But I knew I wanted to play. Like I was like, I'm not done playing volleyball. Like I gotta want to keep this going. And I also wanted to keep doing, like keep working on my education too. Now I know it's history and you are the current head coach of the program, but I'm wondering, uh, did you consider any other colleges or what, once you figured out St. Clair had the program you offered or was anyone else in the running? Yeah, I was looking at Mohawk and I, I looked at like, I'm like, oh, do I move back home? Like, what do I, and looking back now, I'm like, oh, it would have turned out completely different from, from what it has been for me here. Um, I'm so glad I ended up at St. Clair, but it was Mohawk. I was looking at Conestoga and I was also looking at like, the volleyball programs too and I'm like at the time Mohawk was it was like it was the, across the board like pretty even obviously like Humber like still one of the top schools like for volleyball for college but yeah St. Clair was it. Now did you have much interaction with uh Jimmy L. Turk when you were at Windsor like I, I think he was with the men's side when you have been a player there but uh what, was there just excitement around the program when he took over the St. Clair program or what stood out for you that uh it had the program you wanted and it had a volleyball program you wanted to be a part of? Yeah, um, Jimmy, I can't remember if he was, I think he was ju- just, he was definitely there when I was there at one point as maybe a player one year or maybe even an assistant coach already with James Gravel. But um, yeah, I like when with Jimmy and I, I really don't remember how like we ended up connecting and like on on that level like if we were like interacting at University of Windsor um but I remember when he had the program what attracted me most was like him as a coach and like he was just starting out there really like as a head coach just like I am a St. Clair here but I don't remember um like it was Jimmy and I knew some of the girls but it was all still so new to me so it was like, I was a little nervous about it too. Yeah. What were your first impressions of the OCAA? Because obviously you leave with a, with a heck of a resume, but I'm wondering what that, that first semester was like. Yeah, it was, I, it was a lot for like practice wise in the OCAA and this like skill and training that we were doing was like at high level for, for Jimmy being there. And um, I know OCAA it's it's competitive like it's just it's a competitive across the board and i know over the years with all the programs that are changing and being able to be a college university student you're seeing like the high caliber athletes like more um and i know like the ocla the change was a little different it was like the play was different um i would say as far as like the girls game go it's like you know what, they're not hammering the ball down. Like it's like that continuous play, like tactical, like technical stuff that the girls side had that you really saw where our team that year was like super defensive focus. Like we, the teams hated playing us because we just dug every single ball and it, it never ended. And how did you get used to the academics? And the reason I asked that is because uh, as a, proud alumni coach of the OCAA, uh, I'll say this to anyone's face, I don't think who made the divisions owns a map. 
because Windsor is in the same division as Sudbury. I don't understand how we don't do north south or split it east west to make it make more sense but like the fact that like you can go almost the almost the length of the province and play each other so what are some of these road trips like you must be taking like two bus drivers on a trip sometimes because you can't do that trip to go to Sudbury uh, because they have Boreal and Cambrian or just some of these other divisions so uh, knowing that you're going to be on the bus a lot as a St. Clair athlete like how did you deal with like just getting stuff done oh my gosh I so I took bus rides like when I was a player. I was like, okay, I'm gonna like work on schoolwork. If even if you have an eight-hour bus ride to Sudbury, I was not studying on the bus. Like it's just like you. That's what you want to do. And I am really proud to say a lot of our girls, um, like on the team right now, they do that. I didn't. I just I I don't know what it is about the bus rides. I didn't take advantage of them. But our girls do now, thankfully. But yeah, we have. Sudbury is for sure the trip that we look at the calendar and we're like, are we going in October or are we going in February? Because that's a, that's the biggest difference for us. Um, that I can tell you is our last road trip of the season this year. We are going in February and the girls were not as excited as, uh, as they are for that one. But I think I've done, oh gosh, eight, eight road trips to Sudbury. Oh my gosh, more than that. Yeah, that one down's far, but I wish that yeah they they cut it this way, like up and down. They just cut it. So finding a way to change the divisions and keep everybody like GTA down or or just something. But yeah, yeah. For any of our listeners who don't get why I'm so hard on this rule, uh, just for quick reference, Sudbury and North Bay are not in the same division. Probably geographically most close, but yeah, I would just try to reorganize. But anyways, I digress. But uh, again, just looking at the OCAA, yes, it is a different jump than uh, maybe what you were used to at university. But being in that wild, wild west of Humber is always competitive. Uh, I believe Snar was coaching at Mohawk. So there you have a provincial team level coach coaching. Uh, it was either Pello or maybe Pat Johnson at Fanshawe. Maybe you would have played against both of them. Uh, usually Sheridan is usually a pretty good program. Uh, Conestoga's up and down, but Niagara's up and down. Like there, there are good people. Uh, I think Dale's done a great job at Cambrian. Like, like you said, like it's a pretty steady league where there might be a, a couple teams that it might be or throwaway games for lack of a better term. Uh, a Redeemer is usually competitive. Like there's a lot of big weekends to get up for. So, uh, how did you guys manage uh, the the travel, uh, the the strength of schedule? Because I imagine. Does the travel work both ways? Can you tell when somebody's getting off a bus and playing you guys? Like, how did you just deal with the length of season and also just the, like I said, the the geography, the strength of teams, everything that goes into the OCAA West right now? Coming off a bus, you always feel like you're the way team. Like for us, because we're like the closest for us is Fanshawe. So even that's like a two-hour bus ride and still feels like a two-hour bus ride. <laughs> um, but no, I think we just, the best way, well, it's the best way, but like, managing it if we have like a saturday sunday game like obviously we're going to practice like really in september like five days a week um as much as we can and then it gets so much lighter as we get more games throughout the year so and maybe we don't play on the monday because we played saturday sunday so just like that recovery time i think even helps when we have those turnarounds for those games on the weekend but we're always yeah like and even in the like Toronto area teams play on Wednesdays and I think like Thursdays. So I would love, Oh my gosh, playing on a Wednesday. We play on a Wednesday once and that's against Fanshawe because it's the closest for us. And I think we played them on Friday or something, but some teams are used to playing 
like weekend games. And I got that's us for sure. And that's like the farther away, uh, teams at Niagara, like Mohawk, Monosova, like they all play at some point quite a bit during the week from, from my knowledge. So that's that to me, I think I think that's an advantage, to be honest, just because you play at time at different times of the week, but also like I think there's a big advantage to playing at different times of like the day at like one and three and six. And that's good too, because when you get to like the OCAA championships, you, you could have a noon game, you could have a one o'clock game. So like managing it, I think is just when, when do we need to rest and when do we need to, uh, you know, getting off the bus is never easy. We always just tell the girls like keep hydrated, um, wake up well before we get there. Like, just things like that. But I think it's truly like a total mindset to like knowing, knowing you have to like be ready for those games coming off an eight hour bus. But thankfully we don't have to like accommodate eight hour bus ride. We're not going to like play right away. We have a, we have time to rest. We're not going to go to Sudbury and say, Hey, let's play at six, leave at 6am. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And that's something I didn't consider. You're right. Uh, at George Brown, we dreaded like the Tuesday or Thursday night game where you're driving to Peterborough and the guys get home late. And I really hope they went to 8 a.m. class, but I doubt it. But with that weekday game, we didn't play many back-to-backs. Like you might play Algonquin and La Cité on a back-to-back, but like it feels like looking at your calendar, yeah, you might get Fanshawe as the closest one, but you guys are playing two games every weekend where it's not as spread out. So just another thing to manage. And, and just looking at the results uh, at the OCAA during your playing career, um, how did it feel with the team having more and more success? Like, I'm not saying the team wasn't competitive uh, before Jimmy got there, but uh, I think they had a little bit more longer run and were making playoff runs. So was it just a, a cool vibe to be a part of where, yes, Hummer was still like the, the toast of the league and rolling, but it seemed like every year you guys inched a little bit closer, a little bit closer, and to take down an OCAA bronze is not an easy thing to do. So uh, how did it feel about new recruits coming in, seeing the team get better, and just kind of uh, how the program built over your career? Yeah, I think like the one word that helps like answer a lot of that is like the culture that you bring to create something to get to that championship even to get to that like medal. It's like I, I definitely as a coach and you as a coach too, like you you just feel when cultures are different and you like I'm proud to say that building the Saint Clair culture was as a player and now as an assistant coach now as a head coach. That's something that gets you um it doesn't get you a championship but it certainly helps with like bringing the right people on the team um and like being able to manage that when you have the right people is a lot easier um yeah that's like a culture piece is one of the biggest i know that i saw as a player and i didn't really see it as a player until i became an assistant coach and i was like wow we had we had some pretty awesome people like on the team to get us there and mind you like it's never easy. Like there's always bumps in the road with, with, with teammates and, and stuff that it happens. So, but that's, it's how you manage it as, as a coach. And I think Jimmy did that amazingly. Our assistants did that. And um, that's, that's a big piece of it to get you there. Now, is there an example you can give me and the listeners about like, this is something that we value, whether it's, uh, you know, having hard conversations, was it the team building at the start? Was it, uh, they just genuinely enjoyed spending time with each other and it wasn't a big deal to go grab a coffee or see a movie. Like what were some things that stand out when you say culture? Like what does that actually look like? Well, I think it goes, it goes right to like, I actually had the first practice with the St. Clair college team and like coach, like expectations 
And like, you're still, if we practice at 7.30, you're still showing up at 7 to be ready at 7.30 for practice. So that's like, that's just one piece. And then it's like, um, if there's stuff that's left in the, like basically cleaning up after yourself, like it goes as far as there's that. And just also doing it in a kind way. And we have leaders on our team right now and in the past that have been able to communicate that in a way that like, helps better that person through life like um you have you have the teammates that are like the locker is always messy but like you're still gonna support them and you're not gonna you're not gonna like hey like clean up your locker like you're gonna say it in a way just like hey like like I can help you with this kind of thing like we have a good system that works with just caring for each other and and that's the biggest piece as soon as somebody walks in the gym we're like make sure you make that person feel welcome whether it's a player on the team or a recruit um uh, a, a guest coach that comes in and that's like a huge part of it i don't know for a fact but i would hope that humber would say yeah it was an amazing streak but it wasn't easy but i am curious when you see you know you test them niagara test them and then finally fanshawe takes them down like what was it like to see the, the Humber streak end and, and just see how competitive the OCAA West is where obviously uh, you guys are good, Humber's good, uh, Fanshawe takes down uh, Niagara. Like, what was it like that year, just knowing that like games are up for grabs, there's so many talented athletes, so many talented coaches where that not only was the streak over, but it felt like it could have been anyone's year that year, right? Yeah, I think like as a coach and like seeing a program that's successful as like Humber's been, you obviously want that game so bad. And I honestly think when it happened, it was like, oh, we could have done that like my first year, like kind of thing. But it's like, you you just, you felt like you just, I believe that we could do it. It's just like, we just had to do it. And I think um, one, having a program, I think it was 155 win streak is insane. Um, so for Hummer to be able to do that is awesome. But being the team, the first team to like take that streak is also pretty awesome. Um, and definitely like, uh, uh, that's probably one of the highlights of like that year and that season, like on the team for sure. Um, yeah, that that's, you don't see that a lot. <laughs> for, for reference for our listeners, they won like 11 straight OCAA championships, like just a dominant performance and Fanshawe ended up with two and then sure enough, Humber's won the last two. But uh, I, I'm wondering when you do seasonal planning and don't speak as a coach yet, but as an athlete, is the goal to beat Humber when you guys are having team meetings or is the goal to like medal is the goal to advance provincials? Like does their name come up a lot or are you guys trying to keep it a little bit more in-house and just focus on your results? Just like we want to medal at a provincial championship. Like that's, that was for sure what we were thinking and what one of our, I remember that being like a goal for the year and the word Humber didn't even pop up. Like you just like, I think it's a mindset piece to like leave leave them out and it really doesn't matter who's on the other side like as a player like that's how that's how I like to train my thought when I was playing as well yeah because I think you can get distracted and you can talk about the manners but uh I think in the OCAA especially the the rosters turn over so much where I think like it's going to be a different team and sure they inherit this legacy but it's not the same situation every year right no and it's like that's the thing too like with and I'm going to say Humber but like Humber, you see the same people a lot because of how they get the players and how long they can keep them. Whereas, like, I think pro, a lot of programs are seeing longer, like college athletes, which is good because I think we're getting programs you can stay in 
at the school for longer. But yeah, like that certainly is is a factor of the turnover and the change of like oh new setter new like I remember I think the setter at Humber was there for like four years and I was like when COVID happened I'm coaching now I'm like we're still here I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> they probably said that about me but like <laughs> my gosh we're still there. <laughs> Now, one cool thing you got to be a part of uh, is the CCAA has that apprenticeship program. So I'm curious, uh, were you going to coach with the team anyways? Was that a great introduction? Uh, did you approach Jimmy? Did he approach you? Like, how did you uh, take advantage of this great program they got going? Yeah, so the assistant coach um, currently uh, on the St. Clair team, Taylor Fitzgerald, um, I played with her. She actually was a part of that program as well. So that was like kind of like a shoe in for me to feel what it's like and she like still an assistant on the team and I know like I when I finished playing I knew I wanted to coach and then coaching at St. Clair as an assistant and then being a part of the apprenticeship program was just like a no-brainer but I never really like I didn't know what to expect with the apprenticeship program so um it was during COVID it was like all online just like through Zoom but I got to talk with like coaches and um assistant coaches all over Canada but like not just in volleyball like all sports which is like futsal is a sport like I didn't know like that's like that's a thing like all these sports and um no there's no equestrian but like I wouldn't be surprised if there's like an equestrian coach on there like it was really cool to just learn from other coaches about like mindset pieces and culture pieces and how they manage that with their teams and um, there's a lot of soccer coaches on there as well. Now, does anything stand out in your mind going from an athlete to a coach? Because obviously you're a part of the same program. So I imagine culture and just seeing what Jimmy does and, and the drills and activities that they do. But uh, was there anything that stood out in your mind just being on that that other side of being a coach instead of an athlete? The uh, like the really just the roles that Jimmy gives or the head coach gives that it's needed for like each practice like to the assistants so it's like you have a role you have a role because like as you're a player you're just like oh coach is over here today like like taylor for example she was an assistant while i was playing still and um we were playing together and like oh she's helping me with passing but like on the back side of that when i became an assistant she actually had very detailed information from the head coach about what it's like I am working on that day. And like, that's definitely what makes a team function is those, those pieces of the assistant coach are so important. And I know I had a club team this year and I had three of them, like just like finding those roles, like you have an important piece. Cause then it makes it, it makes your job easier. They truly do the assistants on the team and the coaching staff, like are, are huge pieces to it. So. And how did you manage going from a player to a coach, just the social dynamic? Because uh, I imagine when you're on the team, you're, you're going to parties or other activities with players, and now you're a coach, and maybe there's there's a barrier there. You feel like the need to put a wall up. So I'm wondering, how did you manage just switching relationships there? Yeah, I think for, like, it, it is hard to switch that, but I think it was easier for me at times because during practices when I was playing, there were girls who were like maybe a first year libero on the team was coming in and she was asking me about like passing stuff. So I was like, as a player, I was giving that information and um, like I was a captain for three years on the team. So I, 
I tried to maybe create a boundary with that because that really isn't my job as a, like, I'm not the coach yet. Um, but it, it was a good foot in the door to like get used to like how I communicate with like an athlete who I maybe like played with on the team. And it wasn't really difficult for me, but I can see like younger coaches, it can be difficult because now they're seeing a different side where a coach has to maybe manage way more things and it's, it can be like stressful. How often is St. Clair training? So with you to be involved at a club level, uh, I'm curious, how did you find the time to, to be in the gym? Obviously, uh, the college season overlaps, but it ends and you can kind of be around clubs for peak season around provincials and nationals. But uh, how did you find an evening or those spare couple hours to go help out at a club team? Yeah, um, if we had practice at St. Clair 5 to 7, um, I was there 5 to 7 and then in club practice 7.30 to 9.30. So I was in a gym for four hours. Easily four hours, five hours, like, like occasionally like a week for one day, which is pretty insane. Um, but I, Jimmy knew like that I really wanted to focus on like head coaching, like club. Um, but I was St. Clair was also there, like there. I was there as much as I could be. Um, but he knows himself like how much club and college. He was head coaching a uh, club team and head coaching St. Clair College at one point, which is pretty insane. But um, that's that was probably at least three times a week I was doing that um yeah that was it's a lot I definitely right now cannot I cannot coach club next year unfortunately but I still want to stay connected with like the club world because that's so important did you ever find attempting to go from a St. Clair practice and be like man I really love our defensive system and I love how we slide here and we do this and then maybe you go to like a 15 year or 16 year gym and you're like nope scrap it like this isn't going to work for the level we're worried about like how we're holding our hands and how we're bopping the ball right now like what was there anything so tempting where you're like oh this is so tactical and cool that you just couldn't pull off with the club team yet yeah actually like this team I had this year um more so at the beginning of the year I'd be like okay, we can do this at the college. I think we can do this at the 16 level. And I just like take the paper and just go, okay, well, never mind. But like, there's often times where at the end of the season, there's stuff we started implementing. Well, club's so hard. You get two practices a week, two hours. And so we get, we're trying to get one more practice, like a high performance um, session with our club teams. But um, that happened every like maybe twice a month not even so that is like I, things got better at the end of the season but at the beginning of the season I wanted to have that like high level like high performance mindset where I can we can swing block footwork like all that and then it's like oh we cannot do that right now but that's okay we're gonna work on the basics and how did you manage any conflicts because obviously you want to coach college you want to coach club but uh, I imagine there were some weekends that overlapped so for anyone who's gearing up, be like, yeah, I want to coach every team possible. There, there's going to be a choice at one point, And I'm wondering, how did you manage any overlaps? Yeah, that, like, just letting uh, the coaches know, like, I wouldn't be there for um, a, a weekend. But I was able to make, like, OCAAs. I was able to make our playoff, big playoff games. I think I missed maybe, like, two road games, not even. Um, one or two away weekends. But um, it was easier because a lot of the season is October and clubs still like just gearing up for like October, end of October, November. Um, we like as a club team, we, we play a lot in the States, but we play a lot in the States like 
at the, like, I guess, I think November, we had a tournament in Cleveland and then we play in January, February, um, in some Detroit tournament. So it works out well. Like I, but there was some time that I had to not go to St. Clair and, uh, coach the club team, but it worked out. For sure. For sure. And while this is happening, uh, you start coaching on the beach. So I'm curious, what was your first introduction to Darren O'Neill and what year did you start with on point? I started in 2019 and I'm terrible with remembering how things started. Um, but I just know that I wanted to like, I was, it was at on the beach and I was a player at St. Clair at the time. And I was like, I just coaching volleyball sounds really fun. And it's on the beach. And then when Darren was leading those programs, um, I just kept coming back year after year and then started having more of like a lead role and, he was a really like still is a really good like mentor for like beach volleyball for me and like learning and like I now lead the winter programs and uh, the full time training group that we have in Windsor. So that's um yeah that that ended up I I didn't expect to be coaching beach and like that's really my full time job right now is is that and we we obviously have this slow season in the winter but um, we plan our programs like year round for the point. Yeah, just for any of our listeners, uh, Darren, obviously a friend of the show, a friend of mine, but uh, such a cool concept where he's got this design where if you want to run a, a beach program, he can show you how. So if you run a volleyball club, maybe in Woodstock, Ontario, and you don't know how to start, like you can talk to Darren and he'll get you going and hopefully find coach, coach, excuse me, and find a model where I think you guys are in like 11 or 12 different communities right now. Yeah, oh my gosh. I can't, t- don't text me anything, that, but like Windsor, Leamington, Sarnia, Richmond Hill, Aurora, Barrie, um, I'm definitely missing some. East Gwillenbury, Gwil- Gwil- I always pronounce that one wrong. That's like Aurora area. But Anthony Girolamo, he's coaching up there and he was, um, last year he was with us, with me with the full-time training group. And uh, just having the coaches, like we were sad to leave Anthony, but we were really glad that we're like, okay, so you're moving there, you can you can run this program for us, which is awesome. Now, with uh, the the model spread out as well, it is in different communities. How how does the culture line up? Because I think it's amazing. Because I, I get to see Anthony a couple times a week now, but uh, it's just cool that what you guys value and what I got to experience at on the beach in uh, Tecumseh. It feels like it's the same at all the centers, which can't be easy, right? So you're basically franchising this program into so many different communities. But is that just such a strong pillar that you guys have identified what you value and it's just contagious with all the all the staff and coaches? Yeah, well, we like for sure, like you guys were here last weekend and it's like you don't like with our programs and all the programs are full-time training group, two-time, one-time weekly, or there could be like league nights uh, for adults. It's like you don't know like make that kid feel welcome because you don't know what they're going through, right? Like make this like the funnest place they're going to be this week. Um, like greet them with a high five, greet them with a high five on the way out. Like all of that stuff is super important. And we're, like we have coaches, I think that do that. I just like, I high five everybody all the time. Now. <laughs> I'm just like, it's natural for me to introduce myself and high five. But that's like part of the program is also it's on the beach. It's so fun. And, it's it's you get to learn how to play the game on sand and like we have some awesome coaches like brett haggerty she like it's the lead of all the programs up there and um we have we're able to like connect with like multiple coaches and talk like this through zoom just like about the culture piece and that's like probably one of the most important things is 
Um, you just, you don't know what that kid's going through and make this volleyball the best experience we've ever had. Is it cool to ever just look back and think about like how you started playing? And obviously, like I think people in our age group, you played beach for fun, and yeah, maybe some people had a coach, but it didn't feel like this. Like when you say that there's people who uh, don't get me wrong, I think there's people who do play for fun and, and on point, and they can go a couple times a week. But you guys have like a full time training group, and they're committed, and they they identify as beach volleyball players, and they're so passionate, and they want to take it seriously. Like, is it just so cool to see how far beach volleyball has come in Ontario, even in the last like two, five, ten years? Yeah, I keep, like, thinking how much the game has grown for Beach in the last, like, I don't know, since COVID, since COVID stopped, I guess. But, like, that itself is, like, it's growing to the point where, like, I hope we get something in Canada. And, like, that's the goal for us is to expose as many kids to Beach volleyball as we can. But just, like, we have the NCAA, and, like, that's where all of our athletes are obviously going for Beach is NCAA, but, like, Getting something in Canada would be like awesome to have and to build, but there's yeah, there's more and more athletes I see like some signing with NCAA programs for beach volleyball, which is great for like you guys in the next gen program as well, like having having options for for having kids in that program and national teams and more opportunity. So um, yeah, I I don't know. I remember when I was playing beach, I I like I didn't know what what the narrowing principles were like any of that like i had no idea i was just like i just pass a set and i attack it looks fun like but there's so much more to it that people don't realize too and that's what we want to keep teaching them now with the the restricted rules on coaching in beach volleyball obviously like you don't get to initiate the timeout you only get to talk to the athletes really when they want to be spoken to like you're you're not you're not engaged making substitutions and timeouts and giving Disney-like speeches like we are when we do indoor. So uh, I'm curious, as you got more passionate about beach volleyball and learned more, did that influence your indoor coaching career at all? Like just giving the athletes autonomy or the way you design drills? Like I'm curious, uh, did one complement the other? I think the way like we tried to control or have the athletes on the, on, talking on the sand here, um, athlete entered balls um i think is also cool and I, i'm trying to do that a little bit more like indoor because there's so many things even with indoor and beach like just like as simple entries like doesn't always have to be coach entered ball like, it's better for the athletes to start learning like like getting control with the float getting control like and they, they can work on that in practice and on the sand that's, that's a part of the game right like you're working on your like standing spins or you're working on really an attack and then attack the ball high like so that for me like how can we enter the ball here who can enter the ball and can we get multiple people doing this to work on something nice nice so uh was there any conversation with uh coach jimmy before he was leaving like how did you get the news that the job was going to be available uh did you talk with the other assistants before you applied was it just a free-for-all like what was uh the the chain of events that led you to applying to be the head coach at st Clair? I. So how Jimmy left on good terms, like it was, it was good terms. Um, and he let it, all the athletes know like he was leaving. He did call all the coaches like before all this caught out. Um, that's just how we wanted to like manage it within our athletic department. And um, I think that's the best way, like, um, because people are always like, oh, like what happened? Like all on good terms, like it was all good. And um, I did know like before as well, because he just, as a coaching staff, you stay connected with things. Um, yeah, it was good to stay connected on that. That would have 
yeah uh, that was just the way it turned out and when i i knew when i got that call obviously they're going to be opening the position for head coaches and for college and um, i knew i wanted to be a head coach at a college i didn't know it would look like this at the same college i played and assistant coached at um but being in windsor was so far away from everything um, i was looking at like even like where can I head coach? Like, can I head coach in Michigan at a college or community college? But this is an amazing opportunity that doesn't, it doesn't come around a lot. That's for sure. So. Is there anything you're looking forward to or any uh, challenges you predict where you've been a player, you've been an assistant coach, now you're the head coach. Like, is there anything you're just excited to kind of install that now that you're in the first chair or do you almost feel pressure to kind of keep going what you've built as a player and as an assistant and just like continue that culture or the same structure that you, you've been a part of? Yeah, I think there's there's a balance there because it's very familiar for the team, for me to be there on the team. And then they're going to have a familiar assistant coaching staff as well. Um, and it's just like, I still as a head coach, you still have a different vision you see for a team. and. and like we talked about, like the college, the players change every year. Like we got a big, like we had a, a lot of recruits come in. And we just finding ways to be able to like work with those recruits, build our system. Um, and I think like for us, like I do see this year, probably like working on blocking and defending for us because we obviously work on attacking, but like that for us this year, we're gonna we're gonna really need that uh, piece and just. I can look back to and take it from like when I was playing, like when we won the two bronze medals, I, th- I, I personally think we were a really strong defensive team and that like, that's, that's hard to do. Um, but I think sometimes like maybe that was like, like left out because we had to work on other things. So just building that back in is definitely something I like to try to do. Now, this is kind of an off-topic question, but I'm curious, uh, because you are a coaching club, are kids excited just to be a part of the Windsor scene? And the reason I say that is uh, Windsor gets a new gym. It seems like the men's program's popping off. The women's program's definitely building. You're taking over a program in St. Clair that's very exciting. Your gym is still, I think, on the new end. It wouldn't even be like 10 years old where they get to go to cool venues. They get to see good teams. They get to see the next level. Like uh, when you're at like a, a Bandits practice or Sky or Rose City, whoever else is around, like do you get a sense that these kids are, are like they're, they're exposed to such a high level that they're just excited to play volleyball right now in Windsor? Absolutely. They like actually our gym, our gym is like, yeah, definitely like 10 years. Like that's still new and they're redoing the floor. And I, I don't know why, but I think. <laughs> pickleball lines in if I'm being completely honest but we're getting a new gym floor and it's gonna it's gonna be awesome but um we uh like we had our 16 team practice with like our college team and Jimmy and I connected on that the the club team my coach and those girls like like oh my gosh we're gonna like put like play in this gym with the like the college team and like we wanted to try to build like a type of mentorship program with them and connecting with the girls. And I know like you, you don't see that impact until you're like obviously a coach in that impact. And that meant so much to them and, and going to like, even like be in that gym. And like, I think I, I talked to a couple of the club girls, we had a banquet and they're like, the coach, we're going to come watch your games. And I was like, Oh, like, it's just like, it's really cool to have like that, that community connection. And that's, 
I think another like huge piece of also recruiting, but like building a community of volleyball in Windsor too, because there's, that's, that's a really important. I know a lot of places like in Toronto and GTA, like they have that. So. Yeah, that, that's so cool to hear. So it's great to hear about your career and transitioning to a coach and, and getting that first chair job. I'm really excited. Just another excuse to visit the Windsor area because, uh, like I said, Heather and I had a blast there, and it was just great working with you and the other coaches who were just so excited about volleyball. It was such a cool thing to be part of. But uh, uh, one tradition we built on the show is just to tell a funny or, or unique story because I think the volleyball community is pretty amazing. But uh, something odd always happens along the way. So I was hoping you could share a funny story before we let you go. Yeah, like I know when like you give me fair warning of this, which I appreciate, but the uh I didn't think of one and I was like, Oh do I like do I talk about this? I'll talk about the one um that actually just recently happened as like a coach. Um we just played in Pittsburgh our last tournament of the entire season for the sixteen youth bandits team I coached. And provincials was like a rocky road for us so having a lot of success at this Pittsburgh tournament um was amazing it was the east coast championship um and like great great volleyball and it was like also a beautiful city to like visit but um we are in the final so we're in the final of the championship and it's a it's a close game and our our middle um Alexa is just off on the side of the court and she, uh, I, I am not the most coordinated person. And I, I, I definitely will say Alexa is not, um, I love her to death, but she, we end up like game point, possible game point rally going back and forward. And Alexa, we go to celebrate and I'm cheering because we just got the point. Our team league is running onto the court. Alexa full out face plants like superman slides across the court and we like i died laughing because i saw the entire thing and we're celebrating the best part though is so many like parents film them so i'm like (laughs) somebody has to have this on film so so of course everybody's like trying to like find the best angle that we could get for like seeing this superman slide and it was just there's multiple angles of it. I'm sure Alexa has like seen it enough. And it, her dad actually is the one who does a lot of the breakdown of film for our team. So he's for sure got it. So yeah, that was pretty awesome. And yeah, I love Alexa, but that was like the, probably one of the funniest moments just because one, one, it looks like one of the teammates was running and pushed her as well. So yeah, it was a little, uh, it was a great celebration that ended with like, celebrating and laughing at the same time yeah hopefully she can laugh about it but uh, that's got to be embarrassing to have the multiple angles like finally we found a good use for every parent bringing a camera to the, t- the gym but uh yeah uh, hopefully like she's having a good chuckle about this but yeah seeing your your embarrassment from four different angles can't be fun <laughs> no no she's awesome yeah we uh we had a good laugh about it so she'll definitely remember that it's pretty funny well, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for taking the time. I know you're you're busy. It feels like you're probably coaching beach every night. And if you're not, you're at St. Clair trying to get that program going and kind of get everything rolling the way you want to see it just as you're in like uh, off-season training mode here. But uh, thank you so much for sharing your story and all the details and best of luck with everything you got going on. Yeah, perfect. Thank you.